0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: I know we've agonized and talked about this over and over and over and over and over again. And last offseason was a failure. It was going to be a failure whether we made the playoffs and went deep. If you're just basing on what they could have done around the guys that we had or guys we could have retained it's a failure. The only person that of any sort of uh, relevance from the off season that was still around, period. The only person that was around from the offseason was Teo Hernandez. And that was acquired early on in a trade. There was a lot of free agents. We let a lot of guys go. In fact, there's a lot of Mariners from that 2022 team that are going to be playing this week. He's he's gonna be uh who do we got
2: Winker and Santana with the with the Brewers, um, Frazier Frazier. with the Orioles, um, Seawall he's probably the one that's gonna have you know have the most juice and actually get a lot of playing time besides probably Santana but Swanson yeah I see, and- yeah Swanson he'll be a part of it in Toronto yeah there's there's a lot of guys and that that hurts too no doubt. Yeah, um,
1: I mean, I'm all right with the Teo Swanson trade. I'm not going to agonize over that. The the Seawald trade, man, I just don't understand. To You bring over Canzone and you get Rojas, and I want to talk about this. I just, just still don't understand. You go out and you make this trade. It, you see the results of what Canzone's doing uh sure he had a little bit of a slump there but for the most part he's been very impactful especially with his bat he's had multiple games with multiple hits multiple games with multiple RBIs uh in the Oakland series the very last game of that series he gets in there has a four RBI day then you barely see him at all down the last the in the important stretch games i know that they're just playing by their analytic games here and and you know the the analytics say maybe he shouldn't be out there but the guy was playing good you don't see him rojas was out there sure but to me it made no sense it just made no sense not to be playing can zone and especially when there was times where you could have had can zone and you could have had Kelnick in the outfield defensively and had teo dh we saw a an error on um, last Wednesday night against Houston that I just go God if I don't feel like Kelnick would have made that error out there, you know, in right field because Canzone would be over in left. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm just emptying the tank on some thoughts. I just feel like if you went out and you got these guys and they were being impactful like this, and you gave up Seawald, which also which also like hurt to bullpen in the long run it just didn't make sense to me and that's a that's a management question right there
2: yeah and i can answer it for you management didn't think that they were going to win that's why they traded seewalt and got these two guys yeah i agree with you think about it no they but what i'm
1: saying is, what i'm saying is why wouldn't you use canzone down the stretch
2: who knows I can't answer that, but I can tell you, yeah, you trade away your closer. And like you mentioned, your two guys that you acquired are not even in the lineup, especially Canzone. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, But like I said, that move was made. And the thought process, in my opinion, of the Mariners front office was that they didn't think that they would make that extra push towards a playoff run. They never saw their um 21 and 6 record coming in August. Not at all. Heck no. no. But it make. No. but you know, be more from your frustration that I hear in your voice is when you throw out Sam Haggerty at DH. Uh Caballero at second. Um Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. That's your 7 8 9 hitters. And then you have um, Ford,
1: and I get it. Ford could maybe run into something. Uh, but still, at the same time, what Canzone was doing, he was bringing some excitement to the line, some energy to, you know, he's definitely got a bat that has had some sneaky power in it, uh, had a great French kiss. I mean, it was a thing. And then just all of a sudden, not playing. I mean, I I, I want to know maybe there is an injury. I was down there on the field in batting practice, and he was hitting the ball through the damn cold air, windy air, and putting him in the seats on Friday. You don't see him. You saw him Saturday, or no, you saw him Friday at the end of the game when they're when they were up, what eight to nothing, and he's out there in the last couple of innings, and then they don't play him until what Sunday when it doesn't matter. It just was
2: kind of weird to me. Well, the computer spits out things. We know that when they're facing a lefty, Kelnick's not playing, Uh, Ford's not playing, Canzone's not playing. We saw that when the when uh, Texas went to righties, Um, who was the first off the bench of the left-handed hitter? Not Kelnick, not Canzone. It was Ford, Uh, and then it was uh, who was the next lefty up after that? Slipping my mind, but it's all planned out by the computer. You know, these games are written out before they even start the game. I mean, it's just hard. Like I said, when you're talking about seven, eight, nine with those guys and Sam Haggerty, who was in Triple A most of the year, and now you're counting on him to be that spark as a DH in crucial games to make the playoffs. It's baffling.
1: It, it is. It is fucking baffling. We we saw this. Remember when we were talking about that Oakland series? the last Oakland series in Seattle. And they started ripping these lefties out to us. And we were like barely getting through that series. And we're kind of like, this is going to be kind of tough. Well, now it's kind of out there that the Mariners are going to have troubles with these lefties. And we saw a shitload of lefties from Texas. And we saw a good amount of them in the Houston series as well. And lo and behold, look at the fucking record. Because look at the right handed options you have after Julio. After when you switch Cal around, Eugenio. Ty France on a good day. Yeah. It's not scary. You're you're looking at the end of the lineup, you're right. And you're you're looking at Demo, Haggerty, Caballero. Not scared.
2: Well, and that brings up another thought, you know, those guys, I like all of them. But they're yeah. all role players. And yes. to have the same type of player, um, three of them on your bench, um, that makes sense in a championship team. Maybe one of them, excuse me, not all three, how the roster is constructed, maybe one or two. But when you have all three of them in, uh, that are, you know, proven bench guys, it just it's just hard to take, especially like I mentioned, down the stretch in playoff style games where you're looking to win no matter what to get into the playoffs and it's just hard i'm sure that they have some stat or something that's telling them why but i don't see it they have information that i don't know and they're a lot smarter than me but it's still just it's not like they were such a better option than these other guys you always feel like you want your other but you want your best players out there in crunch time and they weren't proving it so much from their side of the plate against lefties. I mean, Jared Kelnick, I'm not saying that he has proven himself yet, but he had that game where he was, you know, had a hit in four walks on base five times, and he gets sat the next day. But he has showed in the beginning of the year he hit lefties pretty good. So I don't know what changed, if he was hurt or, I mean, I, I it's hard to, for me to say that they thought he was hurt because they would put him out there. But what was their thinking, and why everything changed up? There's just a lot of things that happened late in the season that just don't make sense.
1: Whatever happened to riding the hot hand? Is that just now? Is that is that just too old school? Because to me, I get analytics. I get what the probability rates are. I get how those can help you in your favor. But unless something's like one thousand percent there's still a chance and especially somebody that's hot or somebody that's just feeling it and you're riding it. It's just, I'm not saying that we lost because we, we didn't have Canzone out there. No, the, uh, our big guys didn't come through in the clutch for us here, uh, down the stretch outside of JP Crawford. You know, it was pretty inconsistent. I know Gino picked it up here a bit in the last week, but look, it, Julio went one for 21 through that stretch of those games here in this homestand before this last one. Um, But it's, it's not all on Julio, but it just, I don't know, man. Well, I don't even know what we're talking about. And that's what this podcast is today. It's the empty, the tank. I mean, there's all, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, There's
2: yeah. There's the pitching Castillo. Uh, and his last two starts, once against uh, the Astros and then one against the Rangers, uh, he only won eight and eight and two-thirds innings, gave up 13 hits, nine runs, and five walks. I mean, you just don't expect that to be the case. And, um, you know, we can blame management uh, for their decisions. We can blame ownership for not spending the money. But the, part of the blame has to go on the players down the stretch, you know?
1: Yeah, they absolutely. had a
2: terrible they had a terrible September 11 and 17. I'm including this game today in August, but um, yeah, they went 5 and 15 against winning teams. And in their last uh, 10 games, they went 4 and 6. Uh, it's against the, the two teams that you were fighting to make the playoffs on. And it was uh, a tough time to struggle.
1: It was. I remember. I would, I don't know if you were on the episode with me. Maybe you were. And I because it was the ninja, and he was talking about how he expected us to sweep the the Dodgers and all this at the beginning of the month. You know, earlier on in September, and all I asked for, I said, if you could just play five hundred in this second month, and he was like, nope, they're gonna play five or six, seven, maybe ten games over five hundred. And I said, you are crazy. But just think about this. If the Mariners actually just played 500, they would have won the AL West by four or five games.
2: Oh, no doubt. There's a That's lot how things. good of a position
1: they had themselves back in and a lot of home games.
2: Absolutely. And then, you know, it brings. it's just one game you needed to win. We can talk about... The one loss we had to Oakland. We can talk about the uh game against Kansas City to start off that road trip before we got hot where they walked off on a suicide squeeze. We can talk that about Anaheim that. One. Here. Yeah, that one game against Anaheim here recently in the you know, this month. Uh it yeah, where they lost it, you know. I think that was a bullpen loss, if I remember correctly. I mean, there's just it's uh lots of things you can point to for sure. I mean they only they, i mean what's funny is is they had three below 500 months and three above 500 months and um it they cost were, them
1: and they were 15 and 50 in their first uh, 100 games of the season they were also what above 500 and below 500 how many times so i mean the real identity of the team was was right there.
2: And that's why
1: inconsistency.
2: Yeah. And I think that's where the frustration comes as we just spoke here about how close they were, about the frustration from Cal Raleigh. I mean they were so close and he knows it, the players knows it, know it. You talked about what JP said Ty France, they all have Cal's back and believe it. And you mentioned it too, the offseason was a failure. We knew that the previous year that they needed a bat. Uh, they didn't go out and get anybody till late on in uh, the off season. Uh, I think their first signing was way late and it was AJ Pollock. And then they, you know, brought in a uh, Lestella and claimed him as being a, a professional hitter. Who's going to help. Uh, he was your DH to start the year. We talked about the previous off season, how we needed DH. Um, we went from Lestella to Ford who had a really good season for what he was and where he came from. And, you know, fought his way in the minors the whole season. They finally gave him a chance and he did well and then ended up with Sam Haggerty at DH. I've
1: been waiting to hit that button. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to play the Godfather music.
1: Oh, what else can we bitch about? You know what? Here's here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do, Hannah. Here's I what we do, right?
2: Okay. talk some po- stock talk some positives because I have a few of those too.
1: I mean JP you can't play any better than he's he's played down the stretch I mean that that double off the wall the base clear I mean the game winner the other night sure the guy took a weird route it was it, it was kind of strange but I mean like JP coming up after you know th- the base is loaded no outs those those two and we get two pop-ups. Again, because we ain't got no deaths. We ain't got no big pinch hitters to do it. Um, gets the big grand slam that puts the game away. I mean, that was the peak of the season right there. Was that ass kicking on Friday night? They had the fireworks after the show. I was pumped up. Had to get down there on uh Saturday. Today, I Sunday, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to be down there.
2: Oh. I'm with you. I wouldn't have gone either, even if I had tickets. But to add a couple of other positives, I mean, we mentioned before this homestand, we were asking for Ty France to give us something. Oh. Uh, he, gave us, he gave us a lot more than he had been of late. So I got to thank him for that. Sure, it wasn't what we expect from Ty France, but it was a lot better. But as far as the whole season, I mean, I have to give a lot of credit to uh, – The young pitchers, Bryce Miller and Brian Wu, I mean, to have Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez, big time innings eaters and two fifths of your rotation go down. And for those guys to uh, get the experience and get thrown in the fire and be pretty successful. Sure. They gave up a couple of clunkers down the stretch. Uh, Wu pitched good against Texas in his last start. And they ran out of gas and pitched more than they ever have. But man, without those guys, this season would have been even more of a disaster. And they should get credit for that.
1: And if you think about it, we had a starting rotation for almost the entire season without a left handed uh, pitcher in the rotation.
2: Yeah, good point.
1: Pretty crazy. I mean
2: that, yeah, I mean, you mentioned no lefty starting rotation uh, for the Mariners this year. But remember last year, the Mariners didn't have any lefties coming out of their pen until they traded for Brodsky or Bukowski, um, from Toronto. That was, what was so surprising. They didn't go into spring training with any lefty. Sure. They, uh, acquired Spire and Saucedo. Um, they did end up getting a lefty late last year as a, uh, more of a bullpen guy but he was a starter which is boy that you know we sometimes forget about he was key down the stretch I mean we had injuries in our bullpen this year too with Penn uh he was very key the year before so I mean they they sustained pretty well through um the injury bug to the pitching staff where last year they didn't have any injuries which was unheard of so uh, impressed to see that they were able to withstand the injuries from the pitching staff this year.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you have your year before's opening day starter, your big, your big signing the year before probably playing second fiddle to Castillo. Be interesting when uh, Robbie Ray comes back next July, where where exactly he'll fit in and who will be out there because You look at it. Mariners are going to have eight, seven, eight starters trying to, you know, fit into the uh, five-man rotation. Probably they're probably going to do the six.